This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So, you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall, rock-climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So, whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello, my gorgeous people. It's Lala Kent. Welcome back to the Give Them Lala podcast. We are back in LA. We are finished with the tour. I kind of feel bummed about it. I know. It's really now that we're like, because I feel like towards the end of the tour, we're like, okay, this has been, it was amazing, but we're like, you, I mean, you were like, it's time to get back and see Ocean. But now, like the day after I woke up and I was like, oh no. I know it was weird. It was like bittersweet. I was excited yes. to come home and be with my baby because I hadn't seen her in almost two weeks. Yeah. Which, you know, selfishly, I wanted her with me on tour, but it was way too many dates to like and different places to bounce her around. And even just that, you know, two to three hour time change was mm-hmm. like messing with me. Well, that would. Yeah, that would mess with her schedule and all of that. So we did nine shows in 11 days. Now that it's over, how do you feel about it? Now that I can look back on it, it was one of the most unbelievable experiences that I'll probably ever have. Mm -hmm. And it's because when you get to see people face to face that have supported you, it gets emotional. Yeah. Like there were people that would, you know, that were in VIP that would come around, you know, the little what's that backdrop step and repeat like the step and repeat thing and sob and like share their stories with me Mm -hmm. one woman and i i will protect what she what she told me but it was along the lines of your daughter saved my life and then she told me the story and we both were sobbing yeah and i just was like how incredible that I get to do this and that these people have allowed me to do it for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And I always um, think about, and I talked about this at the live show that I would think about, you know, when I was in Utah on the couch with hopes and dreams, those entailed like winning Oscars, (laughs) but God had a different plan and that I was happy and I am happy that God did have another plan for me. Because me sharing my stories, whether they're amazing or deep, like one woman stood up and she was like, you got me out of a narcissistic relationship and I need to know how to bounce back. Mm -hmm. I signed people's AA books. What the fuck? That's what this life is about. You know, it was really beautiful to watch and. You know, I remember before the tour when, you know, we're like talking about it and planning it. And I kept saying, like, well, what do you want out of this? 
And you always went back to like, no matter what, I want to connect with the people who've supported me. Like that's number one. Always keep that at number one. When we were talking about different segments, you always were like, okay, but like, you know, interaction and all this with the people who attend. And it was really cool to watch you stick with that. Because I think a lot of people, I've gone to plenty of tours of people. I'm a fan of many of pe- many people. And it's. I think it was really special to watch you keep that number one, that interaction with the people who have supported you and like literally walk out and like talk to them and share stories and spend time getting to know those people. And I thought it was really nice. Really beautiful. I, well, thank you. Yeah. That was always the goal of the tour. We accomplished it above mm-hmm. and beyond. Mm-hmm. I mean, people were saying, I I really can't believe you spent that much time with us in like people that paid for VIP, which and and I told them this, you know, you could have spent your money anywhere. You guys work really hard and you could have literally chosen to spend your money on anything. Yeah. And you chose to spend it to come and like hang out with me. Yeah. The least I can do is like sit here and thank you for coming and ask you about your day and you know what are you about like that's what the tour was for yeah you know I'm not having you come on back to look at me take a quick pic sign my name on your book and call it a day this is the chance for us to like connect for real and you did and it was really did the damn you did and you know what too it's like I thought I was prepared because I mean there's always like a dud I feel like in every group so I was prepared to like like there's going to be you know maybe a heckler or two in every city there's going to be a negative Nancy or so whatever and there literally was not one in no. one city no even when we were in Austin and the day that I that we were in Austin that was a very that day a lot of troubling shit was brought to my attention yeah it was dark and disgusting Mm -hmm. and I had to handle shit and still go and you know do the show and be Lala Mm -hmm. so at the end because my mind was a little bit fogged towards the end Mm -hmm. just with everything that I was thinking about you know I was very in the moment during the show because I know how to compartmentalize but at the end when I was like saying my goodbyes and thank yous I accidentally thanked (laughs) Houston, Texas, and we were in Austin, and I literally just, like, put the mic down. I was like, what the fuck? (laughs) And I was like, you guys can boo me if you feel. Yeah, you said that. And I was backstage, so I heard Lala go, you guys can boo me if you want. And I'm like, what is going on out there? And I asked you after the show, I'm like, did they boo you? And you're like, no, they all laughed. They laughed and clapped, and they were like, we love you. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I do know where I am. And I had just gotten done telling them, I'm moving to Austin. Yeah. If I get the opportunity and my the stars are aligned, I'm coming to Austin, Texas. Yeah. And they're all going crazy. And I was like, anyway, I love you guys so much. Thank you for coming. I love you, Houston. <laughs> <laughs> they were such they were so good about it though. They were amazing about yeah. it. I'm gonna ask a what's the word? A whatever question. I don't know what the oh, word I is. I love whatever questions, Jess. <laughs> I my brain is off right now. But um do you have a favorite city on tour? Yes. What is it? You do? Yeah. Spell. I loved I loved all the cities, okay? But my okay. my favorite, 
I loved the Texas dates. The Texas dates were great. Yeah. I just love Texas Mm -hmm. because it reminds me, it gives me the happy medium. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I come from Utah. Yeah. And then you move to L.A., way different. And then you go to a place like Austin, Texas, and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is the happy medium. Holy shit. I love it here. It's great. Every city was amazing, though, and every city had the best people. I think so nice. Yeah. I can say this because it's me, not you. I think, in my opinion, I think Clearwater's audience was lit. Clearwater's audience (laughs) was lit. And that was one of the funniest shows. Clearwater. And then Dallas was like, to me, Dallas audience was unbeatable like you guys came out i think you all knew it was the last show and you're like we are going to give her or we're gonna like make it the time of everyone's lives and you guys were wild they were wild yeah but in austin austin was we saw titties we saw titties three to me (laughs) one girl stood up and showed me her boob Mm mm-hmm and I was like, oh, damn, she's showing boobies. <laughs> and then another girl felt like she needed to compete. So she pulled out both her boobs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just ran around the stage because I felt like a superstar. I was like, holy, I'm a rock star. Yeah. Only rock stars have hot women flashing their tits. Yep. By the way, every city, too, had like gorgeous people. You guys looked amazing they coming out. They all looked so amazing. I almost felt like... Why the fuck didn't you pull it together a little more? <laughs> but then my my excuse was like, gotta hawk this merch. <laughs> <laughs> we have to. <laughs> That's true. No, but everyone looked so good. You guys are all dry. I was like noting outfits in my head to copy. Same. I did that too. Yeah, I was like, okay, noting. But also, I feel like Clearwater audience didn't know this. Or maybe you said it. You Clearwater was the first show you didn't have a guest. Right. You were a little nervous about that. I was about to vomit. Yes. So then when you came out and not only were they like, I remember when you announced not having a guest, they were like, we don't care. We We love you. you, I was like, oh, I love you guys. It was just like, I think it was just really unexpectedly like beyond what we expected, you know? Yes. And I thought the dates that we had guests for Mm -hmm. were going to be the better dates. Mm -hmm. I almost feel like the ones we didn't have guests for were equal if not better because I got to interact with the audience more. Yes. Yes. Which is what I wanted. You know, even though like it was my show, I kind of felt like it was our show. Like we're here kicking it and having a good time. Yeah. And I feel like that's how a lot of people felt and you spilled tea. Like there were times where I was like, oh my God, I can't believe she just said that. Oh, there's so many times <laughs> where I'm like, fuck. And you know, in the meet and greets of the like VIP of 20, where there were only like 25 at most mm-hmm. and they weren't allowed to have their phones. Yeah. And I just shared my whole life story. Do you think you, I think it was great. Do you think you will do it again? Yes. I want to do it again. Yeah. Yes. I want to do it again. I now know the drill. I now know what to pack. Yeah. Oh my God. I literally ran out of clothes within six days. I I can't even talk about it (laughs) because I like the only sweatsuit I wore was I've taken up reading books. Yeah. Thank God it was cute because, (laughs) and I always felt cute. Right. I washed it twice. Mm -hmm. The first time, thank God we had a washer and dryer in the room. The Mm -hmm. second time I called downstairs and was like, can you wash this and get it back to me by like, stop. Yeah. And they did it. No, they did it. And I can't remember where we, the the places are running together. The first wash was Clearwater. 
The first wash was clear water. I can remember what the room looked like. I couldn't tell you the city we were in. <laughs> it was probably Texas. It was after New Orleans. Was, oh, was Madison there? It was probably Texas. Because it, Nash, it went no, Nashville? No, oh. Graduate. Graduate. It was Nashville. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's so great. Oh, and we had two days there, so that would make sense. Yes, that's okay. where it was. Well, shout out to the graduate for washing Lala's no, sweatsuit. They- I know. <laughs> That's amazing. Wait, in the last episode, like, this is all you, were, you were recording from The Graduate. Yes. That's hilarious. Yeah, they washed it for me. So it did get two good washes. And then luckily, Matt, our tour manager, gave me a second yeah. a second set. So I just like alternated between the two. That's so funny. So you would do it again? I would do it again. Would you change anything? I mean, obviously, it would be different. But like... I would change. I would want my baby with me and my yeah. mom. Okay. And then I would just venture into different cities and I would yeah. pack differently. And I would also take a different hairbrush because the brush I had with me fucked my hair up. It did, you guys. She showed me the brush she was using and I was like, what? Throw yes. it away. <laughs> Throw it away. And we do see your comments about coming to like the East Coast and New York and Boston. And like we talk about it a lot. So that's all been noted already. I yeah. Mean, these these are the places that people are requesting. Yeah the most and this is where we're going so that's what we're doing oh and another thing that's so exciting while we were gone that we haven't talked about is vanderpump rules is getting picked up again oh my gosh i had forgotten (gasps) because i found a cute boy in dallas and that's been consuming my time (laughs) but i forgot that uh season 10 of vanderpump rules has been picked up congrats to all of you how do you feel about it and how do you feel like the season is going to be filming and all of it well that's the thing is like even though the show's been picked up Mm -hmm. we as a cast we don't know our fate you know oh yeah it's like the show's been picked up we don't know if y'all will be a part of it but Vanderpump Rules is back I mean I have a hard time believing that but I'm the type of person where I don't count my chickens before they hatch right so I need someone to call me personally and say we would like you back on Vanderpump Rules for season 10 right I get that I think do you, what do you think? Well, I was just going to say, I think this season's going to be iconic. I think it's, I mean, you have, let's just, I mean, we all know. We all know there's been breakups, there's been drama, there's been this, there's been that. I think it's going to be a wild season. I mean, Brock and Sheena are getting married. Oh my God. There's so much to talk about, you know? And Vanderpump Rules is a safe place for me to open up and um, share what my life is now like. Right. You know, and diving back into, I don't want to say diving back into my independence because that was never lost. Um, mm. It was heightened after everything. But it'll just be like a completely, I haven't been single on Vanderpump Rules since season four, my very first season. Yeah. Wow. You know, and now I'm going to be navigating like the dating world as a 31-year-old single mother of, a you know, almost two-year-olds. Yeah. Well, not almost. If we start filming this summer, should be like a year and a half. A year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Does that make you nervous? Do you think you'll go or is it mostly excited and like, because to me, I think about that and I would be like, no, absolutely. Are you joking? Cameras are going to be around while I'm like navigating dating and I haven't dated since the first season I was on. Oh, <laughs> I can see the stress in your face, Jess. Oh, my me. God. No, I don't think about it because yeah. I, I kind of forget that cameras are there. It's just like this is my I forget cameras are there when I'm oversharing, but <laughs> right. I remember they're there when I find my angle. 
<laughs> you know, I'm like, can we get that camera to come in from the right side? Get that jawline. Yep, my nose tilts real cute on that side. <laughs> yes, we love um, the angle. Good no, angle. it's gonna be. I mean, I should be because who knows how they're gonna edit it together. But as long as they make a great TV show, then fuck it, I don't really care. Then you're good. But no, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm super excited. I just can I tell you, I feel like I'll be back at it the second I find. One dude who I go out with and we have fun and I'm like, I I feel like I'll be back to myself because you have to remember, like, I don't really know if you put a dude in front of me to argue with. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'd have no problem. I could do that. Like nobody's business. Right. Have you heard that before? What? She does this like nobody's business. Yes. (laughs) Just making sure. (laughs) Um, Oh, wait, really quick on that. I think I don't know if we kept it in, but the one thing was up in the night that Lala and her mom said. And the other thing was that I was trying to think of, they say Johnny on the spot. So they'll be like, he was like Johnny on the spot with that. I don't know. A good example. But just to put that in there. It's a great example, Jess. He was <laughs> he was Johnny on the spot. Like, whatever. He was Johnny on the spot to pick up that paycheck. Whatever. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> yes, okay, he was. Back to, back to what you were saying. No, once I find that person where, be, oh, back to like, I know how to argue with yeah. a dude. Yeah. I can do that. Like, the, let's get it popping. I yeah. know how to do that. I've been doing it for six years. But to to be like emotionally connected mm-hmm. and like express through like touch or communication, that's going to be different. I haven't done that in a while, but I feel like once I find that dude, mm-hmm. even if it's just a guy that I'm hanging out with. Right. You don't need to be serious. Just yeah. a guy. I'll be back on the horse and I'll be back to being myself. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited. excited. I think this season is going to be iconic. I know yeah. I said that, but I really do. Um, I found a cute boy in Dallas. By the way, the men in Dallas are fine. Oh, my. The men in Texas, I've got to say, or at least the cities we were in. Houston, Dallas, Austin. Oh, my God. I was like, what? I want them all. And I saw this man, and he is a cute guy. He was cute. He was, like, chilling, said something to me right before I was going to go on stage, and I just, you know, was like, how old are you? He told me how old he was. I was like, you're really cute. And then it was just like, let's talk. Let's talk. No, he said what he did and the listeners will appreciate that because the listeners brought you this man or the audience. No, it was literally right before I went on stage at House of Blues. His opening line to Lala was like, hey, is this your show? Because you're the audience members are awesome. They're like badass. He did say that. Yeah. So that was like his opening. So whoever was there at the Dallas show, good for you for bringing Lala this man. Yeah, that's where it happened. He like popped in the back door. It was right when Lala was about to go on to say that. He must have like run into some of you or you all were just like being having a lot of fun out front before in line before you came in. But he popped in the back to say that to Lala. Yeah. Yeah. He was so cute. He was cute. Yeah. So there's that. So we'll see. Maybe we'll have an update. Maybe not. What a great way to close the tour. An epic audience. The best show. And a fine man. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yes. The best. If that is the recipe for an epic finale show. That I agree. It was great. <laughs> it was great. I'm excited for today's podcast guest. 
Her name is Serena Kerrigan. If you do not follow her on Instagram, it is a must right now because I thought that I was the um, Mother Teresa of spreading confidence. No, this bitch has me beat. I don't know if she labeled herself this or if other people did, but she is the queen of confidence. And I've been following her. I want to deep dive into like how she... How she realized that you can bust through glass ceilings. I'm inspired by people like that who don't take no for an answer. Me too. And then find random shit and they're like, I think I'm going to do that and make money off of it. And then they do it and you're like, this is brilliant. Yeah. She has like this card game that I really need her to tell me. Like, I just, I've never met anyone in our age group that's like, card game. She made a card game? Yes. Like a dating card game. Oh my God. That's so cool. Yeah. So I want to know about it. Yeah. Because I may need them. Yeah. I need these yes. dating card games, you know, to yes. ease me in. I need a little it. guidance. <laughs> so that's who's on the podcast. Um, I just want to say thank you again to every single person who came out to any of the tour dates. You guys really do rock my world. I know I get cheesy. I know I say it all the time. But you provided me with a life that I literally used to dream about. And without you, it would not be this way. So thank you for listening to my podcast. We will be right back with Serena fucking Kerrigan. Zero dollar delivery fees. I bet that made you listen. Yes, I said zero dollar delivery fees. That's what you get when you dash pass by DoorDash. And if you don't know what Dash Pass is, I'm about to change your world. Dash Pass is an exclusive membership that gets you unlimited $0 delivery fees on eligible orders, along with members-only deals and discounts. Dash Pass is the most affordable way to get food from your favorite restaurants or groceries or whatever else you need delivered right to your front door. Dash Pass basically pays for itself in two orders on average. Plus, Dash Pass gives you special access to exclusive promotions and menu items, all for just $9.99 per month. Get more from delivery for less with Dash Pass, $0 delivery fees, and reduced service fees on eligible DoorDash orders. Sign up for Dash Pass today and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. Open the door to $0 delivery fees and savings you can't get anywhere else. Sign up for Dash Pass today only on DoorDash and get your first 30 days free if you're a new member. Subject to change, terms apply. You guys, it is finally shorts and t-shirt weather. My favorite kind of weather. Time to put the jackets and sweaters in the back of the closet where they belong. And if you're like me, I know you want to update your look for the summer, but you don't want to break the bank in the process. That's where Quince comes in. Thanks to Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking so chic all summer long. Quince has premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts starting at just $30. And this is my favorite part. All Quince items are 50 to 80% less than many similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes all those savings on to us. I am wearing my Quince cashmere tee again today, and I have no shame. I got the cream color. It's so soft. It's so comfy, so chic, almost as soft as the Quince waffle towels that I got to put in Palm Springs. We all are obsessed with those towels. So get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Lala for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E. 
dot com slash Lala to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Lala. We're back, my loves, and I have the amazing Serena Kerrigan. And I have to. Hi, babe. First of all. Hi. Hi. Thanks for coming on the Give Them Lala podcast. I have to say, I'm like very intrigued by you. You're like nonstop. Yeah. I just almost like cried in the middle of the meeting. So yeah. Did you really? Yes, of course. What? Are you overwhelmed? Extremely. Well, I feel like with you, there's like no ceiling. Like you're like ready to just take it all on. You don't say no. Yeah, um, I don't. And I that can come with its own set of challenges. <laughs> I know. And I first of all, so you're you're like the AKA queen of confidence. Does that just come naturally to you? Or how did you label yourself that? Or did other people label you that? Oh, no, I think that like any label that I have is because I just created it for myself. So love that anything that you want to be you can you literally just have to decide and you have to say it with so much conviction that people officially just start to believe you. I was someone who wasn't confident. I struggled a lot with my confidence growing up. And then I changed my melanin to fucking And I said it with so much conviction and people believed me. And then I became really confident because I just kind of kept, you know, going back to that character or persona that I kept tapping into. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to be the queen of confidence and I'm going to help other women and people, you know, feel confident about themselves. And so, yeah, that's kind of how we got there. I love that because there are many times that people ask me how they can display the confidence I have. And I always say, you fake that shit until you actually wake up and feel it. And that's exactly what you did as well. Yes and no. I don't really believe it's fake because I believe that we actually are born with confidence. I think you do. Yes, we're all born with confidence. I mean, think about when you were like four years old on a playground and someone pushed you and you kind of just got back up and you like didn't think much about it. Like, I think that over time as we become older, we become kind of like infected by society and ideologies and beliefs of who we should be, what we should look like. And then that's why we begin to start to dislike ourselves because we don't feel like we measure up to certain beliefs or, or maybe someone made a comment about us or, you know, we don't look like, you know, characters on television, but we were born with confidence. We're not faking it. We're just kind of almost reassess, like we're uncovering it. It's like, it was like infected and we're like kind of healing the wound and going back to who we truly are which is loving ourselves. I mean, that's what confidence is. It's loving yourself and nurturing yourself like you're your own best friend, believing in yourself. Um, So it's kind of like unlearning and relearning, which in a way, like it's just, it is in some ways like SFK, yes. Was it fake until you make it? I don't really love the fake part because then it's like- Right, I get that. But was I channeling, you know, a persona or someone that I didn't feel, yes, was truly me, sure. But I did it enough and I did enough until I became that person. So I totally know what you mean. I just get careful with the word because when I tell people, my number one piece of advice is you have to go to the mirror. I know when people talk to themselves in the mirror and I know when they don't. Like, it's so obvious to me. Wait, tell me, tell me. Tell me how you know someone who does and who doesn't. Like, what do they get? Usually someone who's insecure and someone who's not. Anyone who gets in the habit of literally like acknowledging, loving, hyping themselves up especially to a mirror, right? Like, it's like, you have to look at yourself in the eyes. You just had like, you access a different level of confidence that like, I don't think you realize existed because, but it makes sense, right? Like, what do we do with 
anyone in our lives that we love, whether it's a colleague, a friend, a podcast host, an influencer, a parent, a spouse, a loved one, we love them. Like we, but how do we do that? We verbalize it to them. We say like, you're amazing. You look great. You're going to fucking kill that job interview. I love listening to you on that podcast. It's constant verbal affirmations, but we never do that to ourselves ever. We weren't taught to because we were taught that it was narcissistic. We taught that it was arrogant, conceited. Oh, you think so highly of yourself. Like, but like, if you think about it, well, why is it with every other relationship on our lives? We're so quick. That guy goes to do fuck him. Like you're so much better than him. Like he doesn't even right. But when it's like a guy goes to me, cause I'm, I'm the worst. Like I, like, I don't believe Like I'm not going to be loved. No one loved me. I'm not worthy. We're so critical. So when you start to look in the mirror and you see that person, it's helpful with the mirror because it's almost kind of like that person isn't you. So you can look at them and then you can hype them up the same way you would have a conversation with anyone else in your life. And if you can do that every day, even if it's just like a wink, like it's like a little, like acknowledging their presence, them, you, you're golden. Like truly. Wow. You like really are the queen of fucking confidence. I mean, I can't just come on and be like, I'm the queen of confidence. I I gotta like, like you should be a self-help coach. I was during the pandemic. I did. I did confidence coaching on zoom. I started that. So you did do that because I know that you started doing like Instagram lives. It like turned into a series, which you have to know you're talking to someone who is technologically challenged. Instagram is not my friend. I'm like, it's so hard to even get into this. How, what was like the format of your Instagram live series. And was that intimidating? Well, look, okay, so the format was like every Friday during the pandemic, I went on Instagram live and I dated men blindly. And you would take, you would take the, the viewers on Instagram live on the date with you. Right, right. They were watching and I would like, literally like I had a producer and she was like, yeah, at first it was a friend. And then I was like, oh wait, this is going to pop. This is popping off. Like I need to hire someone, hired a producer. She would be like, I vetted a bunch of guys submitted by your friends and family and you know, randos. You're going to like let username Paul let in. And I was like, okay. So I let him into the live and we go on a date for 30 minutes. Cause it was during the pandemic. You couldn't go to, you couldn't go out and about. We were both in our living room. I had my ring light and a glass of wine and we would just go on that date. Oh my gosh. I would be so nervous. It was so fun. It was so fun. It was fun. Did you, did you like any of the guys? Yeah, I did. There was definitely a lot of drama. It was like a real show. Like it was like, there was a villain. There was like tea. There was feelings. There was tears. Like there was a whole thing. Yeah. Okay. So I'm so into this right now. Like I'm so into what everything you're saying. Okay. So tell me this. Would the guys come back if you like enjoyed your time? Was it the same? It was like a cast. So basically like if the guy, if I liked him, I would have him come back for a second date and that would be a full hour and we'd do like an activities like on live. Yeah. And then the third season, I did three seasons of the show. I dated 50 guys like in a year. So like I did, like I did a lot. And in the third season, we changed up the format so the audience would vote for their favorite. And that was like had brackets and that was like more fun. Like guys would go head to head with each other. And then the very last episode, the season finale, the guy ended up flying to New York to see me. And like, he surprised me during the live. So I thought we were just going to do our typical thing, you know, drinking and talking. And he ended up being like at my doorstep. <laughs> and are we still dating him? Oh my God. No, that lasted like we get fizzled after a month, but it was interesting. Like I thought I liked him a lot more than I did because the audience was so like 
just down. You know, they voted for him. They thought that we were so cute, you know, and I, it's really interesting when like how an audience and public perception can really like impact your idea of someone. Not that there was anything wrong with him. We just weren't the right match, but I was willing to overlook so many things because like he, w- we were perfect together, but it's like, we didn't even know each other. Our audience doesn't know us, you know, that well. So that was kind of why that kind of fizzled out. It just like wasn't the right match, but it was so interesting, like how much I felt a responsibility to almost like have feelings for him because, you know, my audience like was so down and like hyped up. They were ride or die for him. Which is fair. Like they, they want me to be happy, but like, I think that they also realize that like, I'm never going to settle. So, you know. Okay. So he shows up to New York. You had no idea he was coming. And what did you guys go and do? We sat on the couch because we had an entire live audience watching us so we like played my card game and i have a card game called let's fucking date and it's to plan dates to play anywhere really like you can literally okay. like you can play with groups of friends if you're a couple and like it's in four bases so it goes um first base second base third base home run so as the questions like the higher the base the hotter the question so they get hotter and hotter and hotter i it was definitely like i just remembered like he didn't really like want to be touchy with me on camera. I'm like, I'm like, you just flew to fucking New York. Like, we right. But um, afterwards we went to go get a drink, but it was definitely, again, it was weird. Like it was weird. Like this is someone like I was like dating virtually, but like, you know, I did actually end up like, you also do know each other already. Cause we, it's like, ultimately like that show shows you that like, the foundation of any great relationship is conversation, right? It's being able to talk. So we already did that for a couple hours in front of an audience. It was interesting to kind of like be in private and like get to know each other like intimately like that. I mean, I love that you have this card game. Do you feel like it would, I'm new back into the dating scene. And like, I always wonder like how you break the ice. That's So like, this is how you break it. Is the card game. Yes. No, people are literally like, wait, like, uh, how do I even bring it up on the date? And I'm like, literally, like, who have you ever met in your life that, like, you're like, hey, I want to play a game? And they're like, no. And I'm like, then you shouldn't date them. You shouldn't date them. No, it's so fun. Like, I've heard stories of people, like, bringing them on a date. Then, like, you know, like, the waiter or, like, the server ends up playing and other people play. Like, it's really, it's like a good icebreaker game because it's not like, the questions, like, aren't corny. Like, they're fun. So I have to ask you, what made you want to come up with a card game? Because it's super, super random. Like, I have yet to meet anybody who just says, like, and, and your your resume is huge. Like, there's nothing that you really haven't done. So, of course, you would have that you have a card game on your resume. But, like, what made you think that this is what you wanted to do? You're so sweet. No, I mean, honestly, like, it was because of the dating show. I had to every week go on a new date. And like, you know, it was a, it was a TV show that I created, but like, it was a TV show. So it couldn't be like the typical, like, Oh, like, do you, Oh, where'd you go to school? Oh, do you know this person? Like it had to be entertaining for the audience as well. And you, I had to get to know, I had to get in fast. Like I couldn't be like, what do you do for fun? Like I had to get right to the good stuff. So you know, like one of the questions is like, what is something you wanted to say to me, but you haven't yet? Like, that's a great question. Like that, like, you know, I like, love right? that question. Right? that's a sexy question. So what I started doing was just writing down fun questions. And then the list kind of before every episode, cause I had to come up with new stuff and it literally compiled. And I remember after a couple episodes, girls were like, Hey, like, do you mind sending me those questions? Like they were really good. And I was like, 
what if I created something that no one would ever feel like nervous on a date? Cause they, even if they don't even use the card game, it's there. And I can't tell you how many people like men, women are like, thank God for your card game. It got me out of a bind. Or like, it taught me that the person like wasn't for me. There are a lot of questions on there. And I have three, by the way, I let's fucking date. Then I made one called let's fucking fuck. I also have another one called let's fucking play. So they're all like, you know, they're all essentially, you could mix them together. They're all the same format, but like, you know, I think let's fucking fuck is obviously, you know, a little sexier. Yeah. And let's fucking play is like a little more intimate vibes, like a little, like, you know, just goes a little deeper. So I think the thing about these games is like what I've noticed, like people have the best sex of their life from them. Like literally people have broken beds from it. I'm like, where are you I'm buying all of them. I'm buying all of oh, them. Oh no, I'm sending them to you. Like, wait, where are you getting your furniture if you're breaking your bed? I'm, I've never broken my bed, but apparently it happens often. Your card game is making it happen. Literally that <laughs> and like the next generation of children because a lot of pregnancies are occurring. Just be careful. You know what I mean? Oh, I'll be careful, honey. I'm in a new stage of life. I'm going to start with That's the great. let's fucking date. Yes. Let's, we'll stay in the safe zone. You know, we can save the fucking for later, yeah. you know, yeah. but I am, I'm getting all three of them because I'm in this zone of like, you know, there I'm, my safe zone is like communication over like phone calls or FaceTime text messages. There's not a lot of in-person with the people I'm choosing to speak to right now. And that is a great way to like, you know, not have it fizzle out and it not be stale. They're also really fun to play over FaceTime too. But I think it's interesting that you say that about in-person versus virtual, because I, something I noticed like post pan, I mean, you know, post pandemic, we're not technically completely out of it, but in this, like, you know, moving out of it and getting back into the real world, it's like, I've noticed that no one approaches you IRL. Like, I feel like everyone's like on the apps, everyone, it's so virtual and it's like, it's so text heavy. And like, you know, if you call them, it's like weird. It's like, why? Like I find so much gets like lost over text, you know, I don't know how you feel about it, but I just feel like it's like kind of like frustrating. No, I am the worst texter in the world right now on my phone. I have like 567 unread text messages. (laughs) And for a Virgo, you know, you would think I'd be panicking, but I'm into phone calls. I'm into FaceTime. Like, even though, like you said, the pandemic really made everybody kind of sink into a hole and get really nervous about inner, like we're having to relearn how to interact with people in real life. Fully. So I have two game changers to share with you when it comes to upping your glam game. I am totally obsessed with Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress Press On False Eyelashes because I'm very into just easy right now and anyone can do it. You are going to love them just as much as I do. Both require zero glue, so there is no damage to your natural nails and lashes. There's also no annoying dry time. And the best part, zero mess. One step and you're done. The lash style options are endless, and there are so many on-trend nails to choose from. Impress, no glue manis, and press-on falsies are the easiest and fastest way to upgrade your look in just minutes. The press-on falsies have a unique underlash application for a totally seamless look and are made with an exclusive self-stick technology that keeps them secure for up to 24 hours. 
The Impressed Mannies have a patented super hold adhesive for up to seven days secure hold. And that's perfect for all of you busy mamas out there who don't have a lot of time to spend on glam but want to look your best. I completely get it. Impress No Glue Mannies and Impress No Glue Press-On Falsies are absolutely a beauty must. You need to try them right now. So get yours today at impressbeauty.com slash lala. And use code LALA at checkout for 25% off Impress Manicure and Press-On Falsies. That's impressbeauty.com slash LALA and use code LALA at checkout for 25% off. Did you know today is a great day to warranty? Well, actually, every day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with American Home Shield Warranty. I signed up with American Home Shield the moment I decided to buy my house. With an American Home Shield warranty, unexpected breakdowns like a leaky faucet or faulty water heater won't break the bank because coverage repairs and replacements are taken care of just like that. And not by me, my mom, or Easton. We wouldn't know the first thing to do if something stopped working in this house. I just contact American Home Shield when a covered item breaks and their trusted and qualified pros will fix or replace it based on the coverage limits in your agreement. So having that sort of reassurance from American Home Shield is something to celebrate. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry, be warranty. Visit ahs.com slash GTL today to get 20% off any plan. That's ahs.com slash GTL for 20% off any plan. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. You're a smart bitch. You graduated. I read that you graduated from Duke. Okay. As someone who went to community college, that is inspiring as fuck. It's fine. Like, I mean, it's fine. No, I mean, it is inspiring, but you know what? Like, I think that there's a lot of emphasis placed on these elitist schools. And like, yes, did I love Duke? Was it so fun? Absolutely. I loved it. But like what I've noticed over time as being older, it's like, it literally doesn't fucking matter where you went to school. It matters. It's your drive and it's like your passion and it's like being social, being a nice person you know? Right. So I just like, yes, I am proud, but like, so are you saying that you didn't graduate from, from Duke with a PhD in, um, being the queen of fucking confidence? (laughs) You know what I did? So like, thank you so fucking much for acknowledging that. (laughs) (laughs) But I sometimes feel the same way. Like my, a lot of my friends, because I just always knew I didn't want to go to school, like college. It just wasn't my thing. And everyone else was like, going to these incredible schools and then they didn't use their degree for anything like what what did you get your degree in? I'll tell you what I got it in um drinking no I'm just kidding I got it in um I think what it really is is a network like I think that that's ultimately like what I got out of it if we really want to like you know and I don't know if that was worth the tuition I don't know I think like that's really what you get out of that shit and I I just wanted to go speak at Duke they invited me back which was kind of fucking sick and that's really fucking well, the students asked me like what it like what were your takeaways and I was like it's really interesting it's like I was like I wish I did a lot more on campus like I wish I joined more clubs and it was more like 
you know, I was really impressed. So many students came to see me talk and I was like, I didn't go to that many talks. Like I was just like fucking around. Cause like you're in your, you're basically like 19, 20, like you're like, whatever. Like, so I said that, but I also, I said, just like the people that you meet, you know what I mean? But then again, like, if you don't have that, like you meet people outside of school. So, but agree, no one goes like anyone who has me, unless you're like a doctor, like it doesn't matter. No. And if you're like us, I mean, I just, I just didn't feel like I needed to go to the university of Utah to like do what I needed to do. And it's good that you had that gut instinct and you listened to yourself. Yes. Because I'm one of very few that's like, celebrating that they paid off their student loans. There you go. Like I have so many friends that are like, I just paid it off. I'm like, holy fuck, we're grown. (laughs) And you just paid it off. Literally. Okay. So you, you have a plethora of things you've done, including you've done like advertising things for, listen to me. I like your world is so foreign to me, but I'm impressed. Okay. You worked with Nike, Absolute, Plan B One Step. Like what, they just reached out to you and they were like, we need an epic marketing plan for a campaign. Like, can you help us? You know, they hire me like, you know, they hire a lot of influencers to make content. But I think that like, well, I they just, ain't like, hiring me, babe. Nike ain't reaching out to me to create content. So teach me the ways. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. OK, it's going to happen soon if that's what you want. I think like really it was like, I don't see when I make branded videos, like, I don't see it as like, oh, like here, like, I'm going to sell you this water bottle. I'm like, how can this water bottle fit into the narrative that is SFK, this character that I created? So it's like SFK is just like busy fucking busy making money. She's thirsty. She's thirsty for some dick. That's like how I do it. You know what I mean? Like I just came up out of my ass. But that's essentially what I think about with the product. Maybe not as sexual always. But. I really fucking love you. And SFK is Serena fucking Kerrigan. Yes, yeah. bitch. Okay, so you like really create a narrative for the brand and they're like, okay, we have to have this. Because again, I told you, I suck. Social media, I feel like I'm 95, okay? Okay, so this is what I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna stop you right here. You don't speak badly about yourself ever, ever. Okay. You're say, you can say, I'm still learning the ropes. I'm still learning the ropes. But you saying you suck, great, you suck. It's not going to change as for as long as you think that. No, right? you're absolutely right. Teach me more ways. Hey, Nike's not reaching out. Well, now they will be like Nike will one day. You know, that's the that's that switch of the way you speak about yourself is what will get you anything that you want. It's truly believing it and always like turning into a positive. But like, listen, like I picked up a camera when I was 15 years old and I was like, I want to be a, I want to make movies. Like That's what I want to do. Wow. And that's what I will do. Cause you know how I am. You I get just it say done. what I want. You just, if you say, if you keep saying it, it eventually just happened. Like bippity boppity boo bitch. Like literally that's like my mentality. So, yes. but I still picked up a camera and I was like, I want to be a filmmaker. And so while I'm not there yet, I use these little branded moments. to just like make a little movie for these brands, you know, like I did a, like one for a plan B and it was kind of like inspired by gossip girl. So I shot it like the mat on the steps and it was like so fun, but I was like, this is like a little movie. Like that's how I treat it. And I think that that it's fun because the, my audience isn't like, oh, shit, she's trying to sell us plan B. <laughs> like, right. No, like I'm actually trying to sell you a story. Oh. I'm like, I want you to watch a story. And then if you like the product associated story, great. So how long does it take you to like get your little mini movies made? Made? Yeah. Um, I would say it takes like, so this is the thing too, because, you know, fucking is very much ingrained in my brand. It's like. I now I'm like lucky enough where I've like really proved myself. So, you know, there are brands that like don't care that I use that word, but sometimes there is some maneuvering that it has to happen. 
Um, but you know, like it, I would say like, it takes like two weeks to make something to ideate it, shoot it, edit it, send it to the brand, maybe get some revisions, but I'm so impressed by you. You're so sweet. Love. Just a real quick side note. Do you think people that say the fuck word a lot are intelligent than most people? More intelligent Honestly, than most I people? read that somewhere and I was like, oh, I'm fuck yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Because if it's true, I'm a fucking genius. Well, you literally, we knew that already, honey. Okay. Right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> oh my God. I love you. Okay. My other question is, do you have a calendar that you like? I may be just stealing everything you're doing. Like, okay, Serena fucking Kerrigan does it this way. So this is how we're fucking doing it, everybody. Do you have like a calendar that you set out and you're like, okay, for the next however many days, this is dedicated to plan B one step video? No, I don't get that many days. It's like, I got an idea. Great. Let's shoot it to the brand. I'm going to shoot. I'm going to Google Cal. Like, I, I think I do blocks, hour blocks and maybe date blocks. Like if it's a shoot, like I'll probably block the day off. Cause I'm, you know, producing it and I'm in it and it's and it, like, I have a director, I have camera. Like I, I treat it like a high level production. Fuck when I yeah. first started doing this shit, my managers were like, you're literally spending all your money on making the video. Like all the money you're getting from the brand on the video. I was like, oh no, I know. And they were like, like, what do you mean? Like, are you okay? And I was like, it, it's going to pay off. Watch. And I think it's true because it's like, I delivered them a, just like a con- piece of content that could literally be on your TV, like a commercial. And then it's just like, you get to, you know, work with bigger brands, get bigger budgets, whatever. And by the way, one day we'll have a fucking ad on the Super Bowl. Obviously. Duh. It's in the atmosphere. You just manifested that shit. But I think it's like really my advice for someone who like wants to do a lot of things, challenging things, whatever. It's like, just literally get really specific on what you want in life. Like, what do you want? Like, ask yourself that. Don't be afraid to say it. You know, it's like you even said, like, I don't really want to go to college. Like I got, I want to do something else. And you said that with so much confidence while everyone, your other friends were going to other schools, but you stuck to that. I think that like having that same confidence about anything else is what ultimately like is going to get you what you want. But it's also thinking like asking, like, what do you want in life? Like, I'll tell you right now, I just wrote a TV show. I want to get it made. Like, I want to like act in it. I want to get it done. I want it to be on a streamer. I want to come back to your podcast. We're going to talk about it. Oh my gosh. You, I want to shrink you down and keep you in my pocket. For real, I would be living like I live the dream as it is, but I would be living the fucking dream if I could just have you with me at all times. Well, we can be friends and I can hit you up 100 percent and remind you. But that's basically like that kind of mentality and like all this is like what I try to share. Like, I'm not like a gatekeeper. Like I'm not like, oh, like I'm killing it. And like, I bet you would want to know how it's more just like I'm just honest. And I think it's, everyone's capable. I think people think you know, things aren't within their reach, but that's because they're, in, they're insecure a little bit. I think everything's in, within your reach, truly. You just have to stop hearing people think too. I love what you said at the very beginning of the podcast. Be, and I've been sitting on this because I agree. I don't like the, I don't like the word fake either. And for me, I wasn't, I was not a confident child. I wasn't confident until I was probably late twenties. And I love that you said that you feel that we're born confident and we just it gets muddied up just by being alive and growing and people saying certain things. It's like getting back to the root of who you are. That's what it is. That's what it is. 
And that's the thing. It's like the fakeness. Ah, it's just saying that it's like, well, then it's not really real. And then if it's not really real, then it can leave at any time. Right. It's like, no, it is who you are. When you were a little baby, you weren't insecure. No. I love that you said that. That was for it sounds so simple, but it's so fucking complex because we are in this world right now. Like I feel so badly for young kids who, you know, I think I was at the tail end of like flip phones and like no internet on phones. There was no social and media. I right. So. You were too. And I'm so grateful for that because these kids now No, they're fucked. They're fucked. And it makes me so sad for them. And just to hear you say something like that, like that shit needs to be taught in fucking school. I know. Right. That's why we're trying to get this message out, baby. No, I'm really, I'm really, I was excited to have you on the podcast, but like you're a deep motherfucker and I really appreciate you being so open. So I also want to know, you always say do it for the plot. Yeah. Instead of do it for the gram, it's do it for the plot. Yeah, everyone does it for the gram anyway. So let's do it for the fucking plot now. Okay, wait. Can you like elaborate, please? So do it for the plot literally means like nothing matters because everything in your life matters. Like every heartbreak, rejection, celebration, milestone, friendship, every like, you know, time that you were like, oh my God, why the fuck is this happening to me? And then four months later, you're like, that's why it happened to me. Because everything is like, for the story of your life. And I started saying, you know, before it like blew up all over the internet was like, I was like, I'm the main character. Like, that's just like who I am. And like, everything is for the plot of my life. And so, you know, this, the point isn't to like jump out the window for the plot. No, obviously do it, like be safe and, you know, take calculated risks, but also like stop letting fear get in the way of you living your life, fear of having your heart broken or fear of like going after a job and maybe not getting it or moving to a new place and having trouble making friends because that struggle is the point and it's part of your journey ultimately. And then you're going to like realize you're like, oh, that's why. Like now I know that like, you know, quitting my job two weeks before the pandemic, I did that. I didn't do it for the plot at the time. I'm like, that was for my plot because then I built this whole brand and TV show and card game and I'm sitting next to you across from you like if I hadn't quit my job then would I would I be here in the right now and that's terrifying I mean to quit your job and just kind of throw it into the universe's hands and you know you're basically saying I I pray to God something catches me because I'm taking a huge risk right now see but I didn't see it as something catches me it's like I will catch something girl you need to write a book and it needs to be like 800 pages can you please do that Who's going to read an 800 page book? Fucking everybody. You're a genius. <laughs> you're so sweet. Okay. I will send you the book for sure. I need everything you're doing. I need the games. Yeah. The game's done. hundred percent. Wait, I also have that cup, by the way. Is it the vibrator one? <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking out of, uh, uh, yes. It says it's a vibe with the hand doing like a rock on, but she has a vibrator in it. <laughs> do you I really? Of course I do. That's Belessa uh, Vibrators. Nice. I know. I dig them. Shout out to them. Feel free to sponsor the podcast. Feel free to sponsor the podcast. Oh my God. I had the fucking best time with you. You have no idea. Literally, you're the best. I can't wait to meet you in real life. I can't wait either. Will you slide in my DM with your phone number? And if I'm ever in New York or you're on my side, we can get together. Thousand motherfucking percent. Yes. 
Okay, where can people find you and what should we be looking out for? Because I'm literally, whatever you're fucking selling, I'm buying. You are the queen. I am found, find me on Serena Kerrigan, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. I just leave my Facebook, so you don't look there. Um, I was like, these photos of me from high school? <laughs> no, like middle school? No. Uh, they don't, we don't look like the TikTokers now, let me tell you that much. No, we do um, not. We do not look like that. And you can buy the card games on letsfuckingdate.com. I have a lot of things going on. Just be on the fucking lookout. But most of all, every single person that's listening, go to your mirror right now. I don't care if you fucking think it's awkward. If it's awkward, it's working. If you, you've done way harder shit, go to your mirror and tell that person, hey, I love you. I got you. That's it. You can do it. Do it. And, and DM me. Let me, let me know how it felt. <laughs> It will change your life. No, it will change your life. You are a queen. I'm so grateful you did the podcast. You really are. Like, I'm leaving this podcast feeling fantastic. I'm so glad. That makes me so happy. And it was so lovely to meet you. And I'll see you soon. I know. I can't wait. Thank you, babe. Mwah. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.